Secretary Ben Carson joins us right now. He's the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, but he's also known as a brain surgeon, which is a nice one to punch, sir. I want to get into some science with you, but I really do want to talk more and more about what's going on with housing in the world of coronavirus. You've seen people like Representative Ilhan Omar talk about how there should be uh, rents and mortgages should be uh, suspended. They shouldn't be paid at all. The Your department, <laughs> Housing and Urban Development, has moved uh, on this subject, providing um, uh, $12 billion from the CARES Act, went to housing and urban development. You've awarded a first tranche of a little over $3 billion uh, regarding housing. What is the position of HUD on housing when we have an entire society that's been shut down and rent payments and mortgage payments are hard to make? Well, we want to emphasize the fact that this is a temporary situation. This, too, will pass. So what we have to do is not panic and do things that will destroy the the infrastructures that exist, uh, including the whole housing finance system. You know, if you have tenants uh, who generally pay their rent, but now they fall on hard times, obviously we've made provisions so that they cannot be evicted. And we've been in contact with the various landlords, the PHAs, about other things that they can do. There's a whole cascade, a whole waterfall of things that they can do other than evicting people. And that really doesn't accomplish anything. Uh, just adds to the problem. And, you know, when it comes to, to mortgages, the same thing. Uh, you know, you can, uh, you can, if you're having trouble, contact the servicer, and the servicer can provide, again, a whole cascade of options for you, reduce payments, uh, suspension of payments, and amalgamating all the missed payments into a sub-mortgage, which can be tacked onto the end of your primary mortgage, uh, completely free of interest. You know, those are the kinds of things that really allow people to, to move on. And this is the way we have to think, um, you know, and people have to be responsible, too. Uh, for renters who are going to have difficulty, they need to contact their landlord and let them know, you know, they've been laid off, something is happening, and forbearance will be provided in those cases if the landlord uh, or if the owners are getting any government help then it is mandated that they have to provide forbearance for the renters. Well, one of the things that we certainly see is some uh, tenants would be fearful of letting their landlord know for fear of what might come down uh, the road. Uh, some uh, landlords uh, take a look at, at what's happening and, are, and they're fearful themselves, especially when they hear about members of Congress trying to say uh, no payments. Your, your discussion is how payments can be tacked to the end of, of, of a term on, on a mortgage. Some people thought maybe that after this was over, it would be all due at one lump sum. You're saying it could be tacked on uh, to to the end, yeah. and you talk about how um, there has been a moratorium uh, on uh, these FHA uh, foreclosures, for example, and uh, right. I don't disagree that it doesn't help. Um, but to a almost a level of specificity, uh, when you see uh, landlords worried about their tenants' future, and when tenants worry about landlord reaction, is it you know I'm I'm always weary of saying well call the government, but where do those people then golf to at least start the conversation about getting information? 
Well, you can go to HUD.gov slash coronavirus. There's a plethora of information there about who you can contact. Uh, and, you know, we early on contacted all of the uh, public housing authorities across the country. And we have a lot of information up and available for them as well as technical advice. Talking to the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, uh, Dr. Ben Carson, uh, as has been noted, $3 billion has been allocated uh, by HUD. It was awarded April 2nd. Where exactly did that go? What, did banks get those dollars? Did people get those dollars? You were you got no. $16 billion out of the CARES <laughs> Act, Where that, or $12 billion out of the CARES Act. Where'd that money go? Well, the first tranche of uh, $3.1 billion dollars, uh, was divided up so that two billion of it uh, went to help states, communities, and nonprofits uh, to do things that were related to uh, the outbreak. Things like construct medical facilities for testing and treatment, uh, acquiring hotels, motels, so that you can expand the capacity of hospitals. And as you can see, there's really no place where the hospitals are overrun. It's done quite an amazing job there. Uh, to replace uh, HVAC systems, uh, to temporarily transform commercial buildings, close schools to treatment centers if necessary, support the businesses that are manufacturing medical supplies, um, and also carry out job training uh, of healthcare workers and technicians. Uh, but there's also a great deal of flexibility uh, in the use of these funds. And then another billion uh, through our ESG, uh, Emergency Solutions Grants, is aimed directly at homeless citizens. And what we're really looking to do is solve this problem on a permanent basis. Uh, with this infusion of money, and there'll be more tranches of money coming after this, working with the states and with the local governments, we're looking for solutions that are permanent so that people have a clean and decent place to sleep where they can get some medical attention, where the drug addiction can be uh, dealt with, where mental illness can be dealt with, and where people can be retrained to, to join society once again. Because if we don't do that, what we end up doing is just accumulating more and more dependent people. And eventually, you know, the load becomes too heavy to carry. Well, there's the conversation of what we do about the homeless society, which has been ever growing uh, in, in America. And how do you help those people who actually can be helped get off the streets? And then there's the coronavirus conversation. I do, uh, for the sake of this, want to stick a little bit to the coronavirus uh, conversation and this idea of how these rent payments, how these mortgage payments are getting made. Because as I mentioned, you do have members of Congress, Representative Ilhan Omar of, of Minnesota, pushing this idea that you should not have to pay rent, you should not have to pay a mortgage payment until one month after this emergency declaration is announced over. Uh, does your department, does the Department of Housing and Urban Development, does it agree with that analysis? Well, of course not, because uh, we recognize that you have to have some common sense if you're going to have a society that functions. And, uh, you know, this is this is not uh, we don't have infinite amount of money and everything is dependent on something else. It's like a domino effect. It's an interconnected puzzle. 
So you can't just like take one piece out and expect everything else to function appropriately. So yes, that's why the government has infused so much money through the CARES Act because we want to bridge the gap. We want to make sure that, that we can maintain the system until such time as the virus is no longer a threat. And, you know, if we do some of the things that, that, that some people are proposing, uh, we would end up, you know, destroying a lot of our infrastructure and create a system, a system where people are going to be expecting. It's very hard to take something away once you've given it. That much is very true, which is why I'm always a believer in in small government. Talking to the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, um, before I get into asking you a question about the science, because you are a neurosurgeon and I think you're a worthwhile person to ask the question, you're quoted in discussing coronavirus, uh, saying that about 98% of people who get it will recover. This from Fox News. And the quote uh, attributed to you is, we can't operate out of hysteria. My question before we get to the science part is, who do you think's acting out of hysteria right now in America? Uh, a, a lot of people who simply uh, start proposing irrational things uh, and act like this is going to be the norm for now on. And that's what I keep emphasizing to people. This is not the norm. This is an extraordinary situation. We will work our way through it. We will learn from it. And uh, I think if it comes up again, we'll be quite prepared for it. Now that brings us into the question about the science, sir, if I can uh, indulge my own curiosity uh, with your neurosurgeon mind. Uh, I watch people engage the science, discuss the science, and it seems that we get almost different answers every single day. Are, is, is America behind the curve in being ready to an, to engage analysis of a virus? Or is the nature of the virus or of any virus that it might take a little longer to figure out than our broadband demand it now kind of world would like? Uh, well, I think the second uh, option is the correct one. You know, our situation is complicated by the fact that we have a rabbit media uh, that grabs into anything and tries to make it sensational. I, I don't think you see this in a lot of the other countries around the world who are having the problem. Um, but here, every little thing becomes a crisis uh, to try to evoke emotion from people. And it's kind of silly, quite frankly. But unfortunately, that's where we are. And we can only hope that we mature uh to a point where we recognize that, you know, this is a nation. We have to care for each other. We have to try to make it successful, not use everything that happens as a weapon to bludgeon whoever you perceive as your enemy. Is it your opinion that lockdowns helped reduce the spread of coronavirus and would still? Well, certainly uh, utilizing Things like masks, uh, social distancing, washing your hands, being careful about the various surfaces that you touch, those are extremely useful things. Uh, you know, I think the jury's still out when it comes to, you know, shuttering in place. Because as you, as you know, there are places that 
there's several states that have not done it, and they're not faring any worse than the states that have done it. So, you know, we have to be objective. We have to look at all the evidence and analyze it. But, uh, you know, the reason that we have these complex brains is so that we can, you know, look at benefits and risk and balance these things off and recognize that, you know, we probably can't achieve a situation where there's zero risk. Um, and we just have to say, what are the benefits of having a functioning economy uh, over the long run? And who will die if we don't have a functioning economy and you have a lot of people suddenly thrown into poverty? Dr. Ben Carson, Secretary Ben Carson, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. You're healthy. Mrs. Carson is healthy. Family's good. So far, so good. Pretty good. <laughs> All right. We, we will take what we can get. Sir, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. There's much more to do. I'm Tony Katz.